Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, verse 32. Jesus and his disciples have been uh, uh, moving, okay? And he'd been speaking with them. Peter had just said, I will never deny you, you know? And all the other disciples had joined in with it. Even though Jesus said, hey, you know, before the cock crows twice tonight, you're going to deny me, Peter, three times. But Peter was insistent, said, I'll never do it. But verse 32, it says this. They came to a place named Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here until I have prayed. So notice what he's doing. He's being uh, very directed. He's telling them exactly what to do. I want you just to sit right here. You sit here until I've prayed. Now, this is the group of disciples. Verse 33. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be very distressed and troubled. Now, this wasn't that unusual. We've already seen it where Jesus took Peter, James, and John by himself, the disciples, uh, knew that he did that from time to time. <laughs> you can imagine the dynamics relationally that was involved with all that. We've seen a, a lot of it, as a matter of fact. But he takes them with him, and he begins to become very distressed and troubled. It's intriguing. You know, I, I wonder how that manifests itself. <coughs> how did it manifest uh, in the, the creator of the world that he's very distressed and very troubled and that he would do that without sin? Now, we, we manifest distress, we manifest trouble, and I think you can do that without sin. Yeah? And, but here it is, Jesus is doing this, and he says to them, verse 34, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep wise. Now, you ever just really thought about that phrase? Let me read it again. Jesus is saying this, My soul is deeply grieved. To the point of death, remain here and keep watch. He's telling them that he is so, so deeply grieved within his soul, within the inner rim, within the inner man. He is so grieved that he's grieved to the point of death. It's described here as the point of death. Okay, We know that he's about to die. He knew he was about to die. The disciples had been told by Jesus that he was about to die. Now, did they really believe that yet? You know, sometimes we wonder. But he is deeply grieved, deeply, deeply grieved. And then he tells them, remain here and keep watch. So he tells them, he's got one group over here, then he tells this group to remain right here and to keep watch. Uh, for what were they watching? And what did it mean to keep watch? Is it like being on guard where they were to protect him, or what was it? Well, we learn a little more here in just a moment. Verse 35, And he went a little beyond them and fell to the ground and began to pray that if it were possible, the hour might pass him by. So Jesus has got one group over here waiting. He's got another group of three right here, and he tells them to keep watch. And in a, in a moment, maybe the next episode, <laughs> we'll see that he comes back and he sort of says, hey, why, why are you asleep? Should you not be praying? 
So you, could you not pray for one hour? So that's what he wanted to do. He wanted them to keep watch in prayer. Now he goes a little beyond that group of three, and he falls to the ground. And he's praying that if it were possible, that the hour might, might pass him by. And this is just such a, uh, an intimate and insightful and profound moment right here. Because here is Jesus, who's totally God and is totally man, who's crying to Abba Father, the Father God, praying that if it were possible, that the hour might pass him by. Now, in the mystery of the Godhead, of the Father, Son, and Spirit, which have all always been, okay? It wasn't as if God always existed and then he created the Son and Spirit at some point in time. No, no, they've all existed, and they existed as one, that in the mystery, before all things were created, that they knew this was going to happen, and that Jesus knew this was going to happen. But now Jesus is saying, you know, can this hour pass me by if it be possible? Sometimes people come back and say, well, it's, it's not really possible. It already been decided, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that's not exactly right either. Okay, because look what Jesus says in the next verse, verse 36. And Jesus was saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Now, this is one of these things that just when you start to think, or at least I'm like this, just when I start to think that I understand this in its totality and I start to get my mind wrapped around it, it's just like a greased pig. It slips right out, right? So Jesus declares, Father, Abba, Father, God, Father, and he says all things are possible. Mark had just said that he began to pray that if it were possible, he wasn't casting any doubt or dispersion on that. Because Jesus declares that with God, all things are possible. It would have been possible for God to have removed Jesus from that hour and to still have fulfilled all the prophetic word that was spoken in prior days. And we go, well, how could that be? Well, there you go. Well, there's no way that man can comprehend that. But Jesus himself says that with God, all things are possible. And then he asked him, remove this cup from me. And, you know, it's really more than asking. It's sort of a demand because there's no question mark here. <laughs> you know, he says, remove this cup from me. But then he hastens to say, not as if he made a mistake, but to declare exactly what he's experiencing at this moment at this time. Yet not what I will, but what you will. So Jesus' will in the flesh, his desire of the flesh because he knew what was about that was for this not to happen you know that's how man is any normal man would do that but his ultimate desire was for the will of Abba Father not what I will but what you will so you can cry out to God like this and say Lord remove this from me remove this from me but you know it's not what I will but what you will, it's not what I want, it's not what I desire, particularly in the emotion of the time and not knowing what I'm about to face, it's not that at all. It's what you desire, Lord. What is it that you desire? That is what I want. And that really begs the question for us. Is that our attitude? Is that our heart? Is our heart not what I will, but what 
you will. And, of course, people want to get in all sorts of debate about this, how you determine that, how you do this, how you do that. I think we really get sidetracked on that, okay? Notice what Jesus was doing. He was praying. He was speaking to the Lord. He was listening to the Father. He was crying out, pouring forth, pouring forth the depths of his emotion. Father already knew this. Jesus was declaring the great holy truth that all things are possible for you. You could do anything. And I'm asking you to remove this cup from me. But you know what? It's not what I will. It's what you will. And Jesus knew the will of the Father. And he pressed on in what the will of the Father was, even though he knew all that he was about to face. Some really, really uh, powerful, intriguing things right here for us to consider and for us to understand. Well, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. I'll see you next episode.